but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming, but no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Praise God. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he, had, he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes open? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. Then they said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. For a subject this morning, I want to share with us briefly from the subject of Christian experience. Working through it all. Working through it all. Let us pray. Kind Heavenly Father, we pause this morning to acknowledge you as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. For holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your favor in our lives. We can't thank you for your favor enough. But all we can do is say thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you brought us through. Thank you for what you're going to do in our lives, Lord. Continue to move in the midst of your people, Lord, and have your way in our lives. Thank you for Shady Dell. Thank you for being on this corner. Thank you for your plan for us, Lord. And we give you all the praise. Bless your word as it goes forth today have your way. We bless you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Our subject today is the Christian experience, working through it all. I hope each time we share this theme that we are, we ponder about our lives and our journey and what we're going through. And I realize from time to time that we go through things that we can't always understand. We may question ourselves and question why things happen and wonder if it's our fault or, or what's going on. But I want us to understand today that as believers, we can work through it all. Some of the, the Christian experience working through it all. And as we think about things, I want us to realize that the word Christian is the most important word in this theme today as we've been sharing. Because I want us to live Christ-like every day of our lives. Not just on Sunday or not just when everything is going good, but I want us to live for Christ through it all. The songwriter says, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. If I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. 
I wouldn't know what faith in God could do. Now, I want us to work through it all, no matter what goes on in our lives, no matter who is with us or who decides to leave us, that we're going to work with God through it all. We're going to work for Christ through it all. We're going to make sure that we have made our, our, our resolution full and sure that we have decided to follow Jesus all the way. We're talking about the Christian experience working through it all. And, and as I've often said, I don't want us to have grandmama's religion. I want us to know Jesus Christ for ourselves. Because the time is going to come when grandmama may be somewhere else. And you can't ask grandmama to pray because her phone might be disconnected or your phone might be disconnected. You won't be able to call grandmama. You're going to have to call on Jesus for yourself. You need to know Jesus Christ for yourself. And you're going to need to know him and be able to call on him and believe that he can hear and answer your prayer because you're going to need him through the troubles of this life. And as we look at our Old Testament passage of scripture, it gives us a plan and a pattern that God wants us to understand that he intended for us to understand as we live this Christian journey. In Isaiah 40, beginning in verse 1, it says, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended. That her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. See, God's plan is not that you live in, you live in sin, but you live free from sin. That you don't go around doing the wrong things all the time. Because you have power now by faith. Faith is the power that enables us to live free from sin. It doesn't, say, it doesn't mean you're not going to make some mistakes here and there. You're gonna, there will be some wrong decisions. But you can still be right with God. Just because you chose to buy the wrong tires from the wrong car company, help me, Holy Ghost. I had some tires that, that, that went wrong on me last week, and I had to go back to discount tire to get some more. Maybe I should have bought some Michelins. Help me, Lord Jesus. But I went to discount tire. And so, you know, you might say that was a bad decision. But I want you to realize that there are going to be some mountains. There are going to be some hurdles and some troubles and disappointment in this life. But that don't mean we can live in sin and, and make excuses for sin. You need to make sure that you're living for Jesus Christ because he has died so that your sins might be forgiven. I want you to know Christ. Know him for yourself. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. We can live for Christ right now. Don't wait until, you know, you have all the flowers and the trees growing and, you know, the perfect weather that we had the last two days to start living for Jesus. You can start right now in the valley. You can live for Jesus in the desert. You can live for Christ when mom and dad don't do what you want them to do. You can live for Christ when your daughter ain't right. When your son is not at home, you can still live for Jesus Christ. No matter where you are on this journey, it's the right time to live for Jesus. It says here, every mountain and hill, every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. There will be times in your life where you don't know what to do. And you don't know why what happened happened. But still live for Jesus Christ. We're talking about today working through it all. You know, one of the, one of the things I, I have with my new boss is that he don't like excuses. He don't like excuses. Either you do it right 
Are you fixing? Help me, Lord Jesus. And sometimes people, you know, don't like to, to go through life and they like to make excuses. They say, well, my mama didn't do this and that. I didn't have a dad and I have all these excuses. But I want us to realize that as believers, we can work for Christ through it all. No matter what the crooked places might be. No matter how things happened before, you can still live for Jesus Christ. Because after it's all said and done, verse 5 says, The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Do you realize that no matter what goes on in your life, God's going to be glorified? No matter how deep you've been in the valley, God's going to be glorified? But if you quit and get off the track, Ain't nobody fault but yours. But if you stay with Jesus, the scripture reminds us that, you know, in this life, only one person gets the crown. But when we live for Christ, everybody who lives for Jesus is going to get a crown of righteousness. Apostle Paul said, not for me only, but for all those who love his appearing. So I want to understand from this scripture that when we live for Christ, there are going to be some difficult times. But in the end, God's going to get the glory out of it all. And, you know, we're going to share in that glory with him. That's the blessing of it all. We're going to share in the glory that God has for us. He's not going to hold it all to himself. You know how sometimes when, when something good happens, you know, somebody wants the credit. They want to hog all the glory. You know, and then when something go wrong, it's like, look what they did. When something go right, look, look what we did. It didn't lift the finger. But God's going to give all of us, we're going to share in his glory. Jesus is the one that died on the cross, but we're going to share in his glory. We're talking today about the Christian experience working through it all. Let's look at our New Testament passage of scripture in the Gospel of St. John. John's Gospel is written that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And yes, we know he was born of Mary. Yes, we know he lived and died, but we want to understand that he was the son of God and God himself in the flesh to prove that we can live here on earth. For he said in his word in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. See, the enemy told Adam and Eve in the garden, and you won't surely die. But they died a spiritual death. One that you and I are paying for, but if we believe in Christ, we can have life again. And that life everlasting. That's what John's gospel is written in. We need to believe whatever Jesus says in here so that we can have that eternal life as well. Because we're not going through the motions here. One day we're going to have to stand before God. He's going to judge us for the works in which we have done. And we've come to John chapter 9. And in this passage of scripture, there's three things I want to understand that we can work through it all. I was amazed as I read the scripture the last few days and something jumped out at me that I had not seen before. And many times I read the scripture and I, and I read the New Testament over and over again. It was the first time I really saw it this way. Let's look at John chapter 8 and verse 59. And then we're going to read down. There are three things I want to see. Let's begin in John chapter 8, verse 59. It says, Then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. 
verse 1 in verse 9 says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and the disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. The first thing I want us to understand today in this lesson is we need to see the needs of others. We need to see the needs of others. See, sometimes we think that everything has to be just right for us to, to help somebody else. But after reading this lesson today, I'm convinced that no matter what's going on in our lives, we still need to see the needs of somebody else. Look at what happened, what was happening to Jesus at this particular time. They was trying to kill him in the temple itself, but yet he saw somebody who was born blind. Just because he was going through trouble didn't stop him from seeing the needs of somebody else around him. Help me, Holy Ghost. As a, as a congregation here at Shady Hill, I know we have trials and tribulations and we have our own family problems and family members dying and people going astray and doing what they know is wrong. But yet in the midst of it all, we still have a challenge from Jesus to see the needs of somebody else. And I want to understand, we got to work through it all. Just because your mama was sick or your child died or your daughter ain't doing right, or your son is in jail, or whatever your problem might be. There's always somebody a little bit worse off than you. So you need to still be able to reach out and touch somebody's hand. Make the world a better place. We need to be able to see somebody's need, no matter what's going on in our lives. And we see Jesus, and these weren't just ordinary, these were church folks, y'all. These weren't just the people that, 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 that don't like you and you can't stand. These were, these were the people of God, you might say. And yet, Jesus still saw somebody in need of help. Help me, Holy Ghost. So it says, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. See, we spend too much of our time looking at the wrong things, trying to understand the wrong things, using our carnal mind to understand spiritual things. But Jesus is saying we need to see the needs of others. Even we need some help ourselves. We need to be able to see Jesus saw the blind man. What do you see when you were in trouble? Do you see only your needs, your family, your friends, your hurts? But are you able to look up and see somebody standing in need? We're talking about the Christian experience working through it all. We need to see the needs of others. Look at 1 John chapter 3. And see how it's important for us to see the needs well, the first John chapter three and verse 16 says, by this, we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him. How does the love of God abide in him? 
My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. We need to allow ourselves the opportunity to see someone else in need. And not just go through life looking at our problems, but look on the needs of others so that we can be what God wants us to be. The second thing I want to see in this message today is that we need to be willing to work. Willing to work. Look at John chapter 9 and verse 4. It says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. See, we need to be willing to work. One of the challenges of churches and congregations, is, and some of you around here might be able to say amen to it, it says that uh, 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. <laughs> Almost in any organization, any church, any job, any business, most of the work is done by a few people. And sometimes, you know, people get burned out. They, their hearts fail because they just get tired, worn down. But as the body of Christ, we shouldn't be like that. We should be willing to work no matter what the circumstances may be. And Jesus says, you know, I must work the works of him who sent me. While in other words, you know, I don't have no other choice. There is nothing else I want to do but to do the will of God. I want to spend my life, I want to spend my time, my talents, my energy working for the Lord. Because God sent me to do work here while I'm here. And so many times we come up with all kinds of reasons why we don't want to work. Well, the, all my friends are out having fun. They're doing this and they're doing that. I want you to know that it's so much better to work for Jesus than to get caught up in the world out here. You don't know what you might get caught up in out there. You might have to make a pass through the jailhouse, a pass through the courthouse, may end up in the cemetery. But if you work for Jesus, he said he'll keep you in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because you trust in him. So live your life trusting in God and doing what he told you to do. Because working for the Lord is going to pay off. There's nothing else I would rather spend my time doing than living and working for the Lord himself. Look what he says in verse 5. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. See, as long as you're here, whether you're like Sister Greer or you like Randy, whatever your age bracket might be, anywhere in between, you need to be working for Jesus as long as you're in the world. You may not be able to do what you used to could do. You can still work for Jesus. You might not be able to run all up and down the street knocking on doors, and, but you can pray. One of the things we need more now than anything is we need some saints who are praying, who are bowed down on their knees early in the morning, then late in the midnight hour, praying and calling on God's power to move in the midst of his people. Transform somebody's life, somebody who's close to hell, that they might pray them out of hell. But if you mind your own business or whatever, that's not my child. That's not my problem. Somebody's child will die and be in hell. Because we didn't take time to care about somebody else's needs. We need to be about our father's business. And the business of the father is helping people to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. Quit doing your own thing. 
and start doing what, the work for the Lord. And look what Jesus did. He didn't even have the ideal situation. He said in verse 6, when he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. See, he didn't need to go to, 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 to H-E-B and get some anointing oil. Help me, Holy Ghost. Go down to the vegetable aisle or oil aisle and find the, the, the olive oil. Then come all the way back and anoint the man for him to be healed. He used what he had right then and there, anointed him, and he began to get better. And I want us to understand that we need to work through it, no matter what the circumstances, whatever we have in our hands. We need to use it for the glory of God. Because somebody needs our help. Too much time we spend saying what we don't have. And people are, are, people's lives are, are going without the help that they need. Because we won't use what we have. We must work the works of him who sent us while it is there. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 57. And it says, But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. See, whatever you do for Christ is going to last. Whatever you do for Christ, it means something. Whatever you do for Christ, it's being written down in heaven. Because it's not about you. It's about doing God's will. We're talking about being We need to be willing to work. The third thing and the last thing today is our knowledge is not always needed. Look at verse 7. John chapter 9 and verse 7. It says, and he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sin. So he went. And washed and came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. And he said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes open? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and receive sight. Then they said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. Now I want us to understand in this Christian experience, there are going to be some times when we don't know everything. We don't know why. We don't know how. We don't know what. We may not even know who sometimes. But those are the times when God is at work in our lives. The times when he is at work in the midst of his people. Doing things that you and I may not be able to explain. Our knowledge is not always needed, but our obedience is what's needed. Amen. Look what happened to the blind man. God, Jesus told him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And he didn't stand there and say, well, how do I know where that is? And how long is it going to take me to get there? And can you have somebody go with me? And all the other things that you and I might would have done because we was blind. He was blind, but yet he somehow went and he made it to the pool of Siloam. And when he got there, the Bible said he washed and he was able to see. Now, what about you? Will you go when Jesus tells you to go? Will you be able to, to do what he told you to do? Because the blind man, I'm sure 
He had never seen the pool of Siloam before. If he was blind, he didn't see it. He was born blind. And meantime, we say, well, I ain't never seen anything like that before. We ain't never done that before. But I want us to work through it all, no matter what it might be. This man somehow found his way to the pool of Siloam. And the Bible says he went and washed and came back seeing. What about you and I today? What needs to change in our lives that all we need to do is go and wash and come back seeing? We're missing out on God's blessings because we're not going to work through it. We need to work through it all. So he worked through it all, and it says in verse 8, Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. He was able to say, I am he. I want you to know that when God makes a difference in your life, you may not know all the stories and different things, but you can know that God has made a change. And when God has made a change, you don't have to be ashamed. You can stand up anywhere and tell anybody, I am the person. Yes, that was me, but now I'm alive forevermore. I've been changed. My, my hands look new. My, my feet new, too. Because God has made a difference in my life. But we see they begin to, 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 to ask him other questions. And they said in verse 10, therefore they said to him, how were your eyes open?" And he answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, where is he? And he said, I don't know. So many times we we try to uh, try to understand everything about it. I don't know how Jesus saved my soul. I don't know how he turned everything in my life around. I don't know how he gives me strength to overcome trials and tribulation. But all I do know is that a man named Jesus made a difference in my life. That's all you and I need to know about Jesus. Is to tell people that I didn't do it, but Jesus did it. He made a difference in my life. He turned my life around. He made things better for me. So don't worry about what you used to do. I know everybody else seemed to worry about what you used to do. But now that Jesus come into your heart and life, live your life for him. Let him lead you and guide you into all truth. And you'll find that he'll be getting the glory out of your life over and over again. I want to close with this scripture in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Begin reading at verse 17. He says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God to know him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. According to the power that works within us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. That's what we're talking about, church. Knowing Jesus for yourself. 
allowing him to, to lead you and to guide you. Letting him help you to work through no matter what the situations might be in life. The times when you're confused and you don't know what to do. The times you don't know where to turn. People begin to ask, you know, how did you make it through that? I don't know how. But I do know it was Jesus Christ and his power that leads within me. It was him that gives me the strength. It was Jesus that helped me to make it through. And when you do that, it says there will be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. That's what we want to have. We want Shadydale to be a place where God is being glorified, not just in the older saints, not just in the pastor, but even in the, in the young adults, in the youth, in the young people. That God will be glorified through his church because we're going to work through it all. I pray you understood the message today as we stand together. The Christian experience working through it all.